Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Many of you have a 403B plan in place, but do you know how it works? Do you know why you are invested the way that you are? Could you improve your plan? Our guest today is Matt Drummond. For over 20 years, Matt has specialized in building strategies and programs to expand market reach and streamline 403B benefit plans using a consultative approach to sales and negotiation. Matt's current role as National Sales Director at Aspire Financial Services is to work with financial advisors to offer a low-cost, conflict-free, open architecture solution for the 403B, 457, and IRA markets. In his previous role, Matt oversaw the sales and business development for tax-exempt businesses organized under 403B and 457 tax code for the largest provider of 403Bs in the public school markets in our country. In short, Matt knows 403Bs. I'm really excited today to have Matt with us for several reasons, uh, but most because I'm excited to pick his brain on his knowledge of 403B plans and 403B planning in general. As we continue to bring guests on that specialize in all areas of financial planning, 403B plans specifically are a very large part of many of our listeners' retirement plans. So this can apply to public school listeners, many of our healthcare workers, and many more people have 403Bs. So let's just get into our conversation with Matt Drummond right now. And Matt, I'll start with this. How long have you been in the retirement planning and 403B business? So I started in 2000. Uh, September of 2000 was when I got licensed and started. Wow. That's uh, an interesting time to start in our business. So you saw a couple down markets very quickly. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. Yeah. And at the, at the, you're, you're a young guy now. So back then, I'm sure it was uh, exciting <laughs> being a financial advisor, trying to get people to invest with you. And yeah, you like you were 12 years old, right? <laughs> well, when I would walk into a high school, people would wonder if I was a student or a financial advisor. So, <laughs> so um, just to prove Matt's expertise here, I'm not sure that Matt knows this is coming, but I want to do some rapid fire 403B questions that will help our listeners and hopefully just deliver some knowledge to them on this level. And then I want to talk about some common mistakes and some other things with 403Bs that we see. But Matt, are you ready for some quick questions? Absolutely. All right. So what is the maximum someone can save into their 403B in 2021 if they are under 50 years old? 19,500. What if they're over 50? 26,000. Nice. All right. So he got that one, everybody. <laughs> when, when were 403Bs established? 1958. Great year. Nothing like talking tax code from 1958 with everybody. Exactly. So, um, so why is it called a 403B? So people will say like it's their retirement plan, but it's actually a lot like a 401k. But why are these letters and numbers and why do we identify with it as a 403B? It is actually just part of the tax code. So if you look, uh, and I don't suggest anyone do this unless they can't sleep at night, but if you go read the tax code and look up section 403B or 403 subsection B, you'll actually see 403B1 is an annuity-based uh, 403B and then 403B7 is a mutual fund-based. Uh, so that's just a little extra tidbit on if you ever see that out there. 
Yeah. Thanks. So does anybody know, Matt, what's in between? Like what's 403B3 or four? Do you know that? <laughs> I really, uh, I think I did. Some of them are like uh, non-qualified or, and then there's the top hat plans. I think those are all kind of in there. All right. That's, that's already way too much. So we'll leave it at 403B. Why is it called a 403B? We get it. But what is the, so 401ks are very, very popular. Most people have definitely heard of 401k. What is the difference between a 403B and 401k? Well, 401ks are uh, really for-profit companies offer 401ks. And for 403Bs, they're for uh, tax exempt. So schools, hospitals, churches, uh, nonprofits. Okay. So my, my next question, I find this all the time. We'll meet with folks that have one spouse that has a 401k and one that has a 403b. And I almost always, almost always see that the 401k balances are significantly higher than the 403b balance. And it's pretty much across the board. Do you, why, why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, for, especially in public schools and um, nonprofits, you know, there's not as much matching money. So in the 401k world, it's common. You get dollar for dollar up to a certain percent. In the public school world, you know, you have your pension. So there's no matching money into the 403B plans. Uh, but if you get higher ed institutions, you'll see in, in hospitals, you'll see pretty high balances in 403B because they have that matching plan. Yeah, and most of them do. And some hospitals that we work with locally have pensions and 403Bs almost like the public schools would. Um, although the public school pension is more generous, I would say. So I still see lower 403B balances typically at the hospitals because people bank on the pension, right? And yeah, I mean, that's their big, their biggest piece of their retirement assets. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I have so many people that I've met with that we've established 403Bs many years into their <laughs> career. And I'll just say, hey, why didn't, why didn't we do this before? And they'll say, typically they will say something like, I have a pension. I thought I was all set. So yeah. the 403B is basically for the people with a, a nice pension, a supplement to their plan. Yeah, so, that usually allows them to invest a little more aggressively because you have the pension that's fixed, depending on your state, you have social security. So your 403B is really for, um, you know, assets that you want to be able to take out in a lump sum if you need to use them for, uh, you know, fixing the roof or something. You can't go to your pension and get an advance on the, the paycheck. Right. Right. And, and when Matt says aggressive, I think what you're saying, Matt, is like, as far as the investment mix goes, like invest more in stocks and the risky stuff because the pension is generally pretty safe, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. You can, you can take a little more risk with those investments. So recently, um, I'm going to throw this in here. There, there's been some additions to 403B plans, specifically Roth options in 403Bs. So most people, again, have heard of a Roth IRA, um, but now there's Roth 403Bs in a lot of plans. So can you just give us a quick breakdown on what the difference in the taxes are and try not to make it an hour long dissertation on tax? I know you won't, but. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's, uh, you know, if you have a, a, I guess we'll call it a traditional 403B, the money comes out pre-tax. So if you save, you know, $5,000 a year, uh, you're not paying taxes on that $5,000 a year. So you're probably missing uh, you know, 70% of that. So 3,500, let's say, but if you put the money into a, and, but then you pay taxes on it when you take it out. So you're 65 years old, you're retired, you're taking those tax, you're paying those taxes. Then with the Roth, you pay no taxes uh, when you take it out, but you can't write it off today. So if I put in $5,000, I'm going to miss all $5,000 from my 
spending money. Uh, but then if it grows to $100,000, I don't pay any taxes on it when I take it out. Yeah, which is extremely popular right now because most people in our industry believe that we're in really a historically low tax rate environment. So what we try to figure out as advisors is, do we pay our taxes today while it's low and then avoid it in the future? Or do we take the deduction today? And that really what advisors should be doing is saying, well, what breakdown makes most sense for each client? Some going to pre-tax, some going into after-tax. And the goal is to minimize taxes now for, for you and then also minimize taxes later if possible. So, um, yeah, and that's why using advisors is so important because uh, they can really guide you through that whole process. Yeah, and that's part part of tax planning and part of what um, any any I'll call them real financial advisors will do. So let's get into the fun stuff. That was uh, there's our breakdown. I think Matt Matt knows what he's doing with 403bs, but what is what are some just common mistakes you see people making in 403bs? I mean, the, the biggest mistake is just not saving early enough to that point, you know, that the teacher that says, oh, I've got the pension and we all know teachers are underpaid. So there, there's always kind of a, a, a strain on resources. But if you start early, uh, you know, the, the first dollar you put in is going to be the most valuable dollar into your retirement account. And I just think uh, anything we can do to help get people enrolled in their accounts early uh, is, is critical. Yeah. What? Well, let me ask you on the other side then, because... I do run into people that are, I'm going to retire in six years, Matt. Is it too late for me to save into my 403B? Great question. I mean, it's never too late. I'd rather have something in there than nothing. And, you know, if you're six years away from retirement, you probably have more money that you can put away. Now, obviously you have to invest it a little differently depending on when you need it, but it's never too late, even if you're a year away. Yeah. So our listeners love these stories and I call them horror stories. We've called them war stories in the past with one of our estate planning attorneys, but what is like, can you give me like some number where somebody has made a mis- an easy mistake in a 403B and give me just some ballpark or maybe you have an exact number. I, I wouldn't expect that, but a ballpark number on like how much it's cost somebody in a simple mistake that they've made that could easily be fixed. Yeah. I think the, the biggest one, and again, um, it's very easy when you're looking at your money to react emotionally. Uh, but with the market crash in 2008, I mean, the market dropped 40, 50%. So someone uh, that I was working with uh, after the fact, I, she wasn't a client until um, this happened, but she had $400,000. It dropped to just over 200,000 and her retirement plan was going through a change. So we had to come out and meet with her. And she was just so nervous about the, the market. She opted to, uh, put all of her money into a fixed account paying, you know, about 1%. Now my role is different. So I, I don't know if she's still in that fixed account, but from 2009 up to 2020 was one of the biggest bull, or the largest bull market run in history. And technically it stopped for like one month and now we're back in a bull market um, from March of 2020 to now. Uh, but anyway, so just rough numbers. I would think she had, she would have had about 800,000 if she would have just kept her investments the same, the same risk tolerance. Instead, if she kept it in fixed, she probably has about 275,000, give or take. So that would be, you know, a pretty hefty uh, mistake. Well, yeah, it's a half a million dollar mistake. And we do see that. And for the listeners, the, as advisors, when, when you tell us that we have to move that money and you say, I know, Dave, I want that in a fixed account. 
And I, I'll try to do my best to talk you out of it when the time is right. But ultimately the decision is on, on the people we're working with. And if they say to move it into that account, we have to do it. <clears throat> Luckily last year, Matt, when the market dropped, we really, I think we got ahead of it with our clients and we communicated very quickly. And a lot of people have seen this before because of that 2008 drop, but we really didn't have anybody move into something that we would call more safe, which yeah. it was great because I mean, that was like such a fast recovery and it was such a scary time one year ago, but that is a huge mistake you can make in a retirement account is trying to time it at all or getting emotional with it. So, yeah, I tried to explain, or I try to explain to all my clients, you know, cause the housing market was crashing then too. So you can put it in terms of housing. So if, if you bought a house for $300,000, and four years later, someone comes and offers you $200,000, you're not selling, you're just holding on to it. It's not like you lost two bedrooms. They didn't cut off square foot. Right? You still own the same house. You're still living in there. And what, now that the housing market has exploded again, it's probably you know doubled in value and, and you feel good about it. So it's just a, it's what someone values at that day, but it, you haven't lost anything until you actually sell. And that's when you lock in your loss. Yeah, what's, um, let's get into this. What What's the biggest shift you see in 403Bs or in our industry? And, and more importantly, remember, remember, how does this affect the people that are listening? So we have a lot of healthcare workers, a lot of public school employees, and honestly, a lot of financial advisors that are listening. So what's the biggest thing that you see that is happening right now as far as like trends with 403Bs? Yeah. So I, I would say I'll put 401k and 403B into the same pot for a minute. Outside of K through 12, I think uh, you see a lot of fee reduction, which is great. So um, technology has really helped out. So, so fees have dropped dramatically in those markets. In the K through 12 market, unfortunately, fees have not been as quick to drop. The good news is there are a lot of really high quality products out there that are low cost if you just take the extra time and, and ask the questions. And you know, school districts are so busy with everything else going on. I mean, in the last year, they had to figure out how to, you know, run a multi-billion dollar organization all virtually and teach students, you know, that. So 403B reviews are pretty low on their list, uh, but we're hopeful that more and more school districts will, will kind of limit the list to a few quality, low cost providers. And the other thing is you're starting to see more fee transparency, which is really important. Uh, fees are, are you know, as long as you're getting value for the fee you pay, it's not a bad thing. So I don't, I'm not anti-fee. Just know what you're paying and why you're paying it. If you're paying someone 1% and you haven't talked to them in 20 years, then you shouldn't be paying that fee. You should be uh, working with someone else that you're going to see frequently or hear from. Yeah. And, and what I find for, again, our typical listener is they don't even know to ask that question. So if you were in a public school, it's different than a hospital, at least the ones locally, like if you're working at the hospital, you have one option that is your 403B. They are already choosing a low cost option and they do it for you. But if you're at a school, you have a, a, a list of companies you're allowed to choose from. And a typical person that is not in our industry mm -hmm. or in our business, and you're, you're uh, I'm making this up, a 30 year old teacher who just wants to save some money for retirement. What you typically find is they just set up an account with the first person they see and they're Absolutely. not asking the questions. And there's the two questions I would ask are, can you explain the fees to me and how that's important to me? And the second question I would ask is how long do I have to be in this account? Because things can change over time. And I won't get into that right now. We could talk about that all day, but the, the fee transparency is a big thing. And I usually say this, Matt, is 
the big books that people get every year from their 403B provider, nobody reads those, but that's where the fees are. And again, if it's just, most people think of setting up their 403B as just something on the list. Once I check it off, I'm done. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I want to deal with it. And believe me, I get that. But the person that you're working with should be saying, Hey, listen, if we move it from this account to this account, it could potentially save you thousands of dollars in fees. And I don't see that happening enough, but that to me is a big, you, you mentioned it is the biggest shift in our industry is moving as advisors. We're moving our clients to the right types of accounts as they come out, by the way. Yeah. 20 years ago, nobody was talking about this stuff or very, very little. Right. That's right. So and actually, that leads right into like for an individual with a 403B, what has changed the most in the last 10 years? So we talked about going forward, what you think is going to continue with fees, but like what has changed in the last 10 years that somebody could take advantage of? Well, really, the limits have gone way up. You know, I, uh, ever since, well, gosh, I should know this, Egtra, which was right, right. in 2008. Um, I'm pressing Dave with my memory here. Uh, you know, they, they really raised the limits up. So it was like 10,500 back in the day. And now it's all the way to 19,550, 6,500. If uh, extra as a catch up, if you're over 50, that's either traditional or Roth. We talked about that. There's some archaic rule about if you haven't contributed uh, to your account, you've worked there for more than 15 years, I mean, you might be able to put in even a little bit more. And the other thing school, uh, school employees need to know is if you have a 457 plan, you can actually put 19,500 in your 403B and 19,500 in your 457, um, you know, for a total of $39,000. And that no, no other retirement plan in the world would allow me to take my own money and put in 39,000 uh, and add another uh, 13,000 if you're, if you're over 50. So if you're close that teacher that's retiring in six years, as long as she has the income here, she has the income to do that. I mean, they could just ton away money. Yeah. And, and we see that a lot is the other thing is Matt, you know, this is people get more serious for some reason when they get to 50 years old and they see retirement around the corner. And it's like, yeah, we hear this all the time is it's time I'd start to take this seriously. I'm out and I'm making this up seven years what can I do now to catch up? So those catch-ups are very relevant. And like you said, especially where there are schools or other places that can offer a 457 in addition. And again, most people don't know that. And a lot of advisors don't know that you could do both maximum. Yeah. So I'll ask one more question about 403Bs. And if I'm a participant in a 403B, or I'm, I'm let's just say I'm a 40-year-old teacher or even even a hospital employee or healthcare professional, what should I be looking for inside of my 403B account or what should I be doing? A uh, great question. I mean, I think, um, I think the, the biggest thing is understand the fees and what you're paying and, and how you're invested. So uh, my favorite saying in the, the 403B world is when I hear some people pitch it and they say, oh, we have no fees, right? Well, that's just not true. So if, if, if I'm in a fixed annuity, they might not have implicit fees, but the fees are baked into the rate, right? So if I'm getting paid right now 1%, the company has a spread and they're making another 1.5%. So theoretically, I'm paying 1.5% fee for that money. So just understanding, and there's so much. I mean, 
when I started in 2000, like I couldn't even get email on my work. Like I didn't have a Blackberry that had email, right? Like I had to go sit by my laptop to email people. There's so much research you can do. So understanding your fees and then understanding investments. And I'm a, I'm a big believer of working with a, a quality financial advisor uh, like yourself. So really vetting your financial advisor, asking them tough questions. If, if, you're, if your advisor can't handle a question like, how do you get paid? Then they shouldn't be your advisor, right? That should be a very clear. And like, if I go to my lawyer's office, I don't have to ask him how he's getting paid. He just sends me a bill, right? So understanding how your advisor is getting paid is, is critical as well. You visit your attorney a lot, Matt? Uh, no comment on that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But actually, we had a, an entire podcast. I believe it was episode three or four on the 10 questions you should ask your financial advisor. And one of those questions is literally, how do you get paid and are there any fees? And yeah. I love that question for that reason. And then not only that, because people don't do what we do every day. They, they, I don't want to say they don't care about this stuff because they should care. I'm not sure that's on the top of their top of mind all the time, but not only should the advisor say how they're getting paid and what are the fees, they should get into like how that affects the client. So yeah. if you have a 403B with 2% in fees or 3% in fees, and you can move it to an account with 1.3% in fees, this will get you an extra $73,000 when you retire. That's a big deal. So when we're meeting with a client, that's exactly what I would say. It's a, we, we have to consider this and this. By the way, always considering their performance. And you said this earlier, Matt, if, if we have an account and this is ridiculous and I'm completely making this up, but for the point, of, uh, the point that I'm trying to make, if we have an account that's earning a 100% rate of return and the fees are 9%, which I believe would be illegal, <laughs> but they're get, they're, you're, you're getting 100%, I don't care. I'll pay 9% yeah. all day for that. So obviously that's a hyperbolous example. And I think that was the Madoff scenario. <laughs> it may have been. I don't know if we're allowed to say that name on a podcast, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, for years I heard about Bernie Madoff, by the way. So the, uh, and no, <laughs> most financial advisors are not like Bernie Madoff, but if there's justified fees and expenses, I completely understand that. And the advisor should be pointing that out. Listen, you're paying 2% for this, but it's because of this, this, and this. Yeah. And and there, you know, I always like to say there's no bad product. So I'm not anti fixed annuities. I, I picked on them just then because say there are no fees. I'm not, there's no bad product. There's certainly bad applications of a product. So understanding what a product's intended and making sure that, that fits what, what you want it to do. So, you know, if you're 25 and saving in for money 40 years from now, a fixed annuity is probably not what you should be saving in. Um, so just understanding the application of the product. So, Matt, if, if you had to give listeners two, two action items, two things that they should do today, if they were motivated to do this with their 403B account specifically, what are two things, if you only had to pick two, I know you can think of a hundred, but two things that they could do right now to improve their situation. Yeah. So number one would be uh, analyze the fees and investments and, and just understand what you're in. And number two, again, I could go on for 40, but number two would be increase what you're putting in. There's nothing that will help drive uh, your account balance more than increasing your, your contributions. Matt, when's the last time you heard somebody say I should have put less money into my retirement account? Uh, never. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, I, I, I knew the answer to that one. So um, if, if you're part of a, a group plan, 
So we have large employers here with a 403B and you have one provider with limited options. So you have one provider, they may have 20 funds to choose from. How, how are you making sure that you're getting the most out of it? And I think you actually kind of answered it in the last question, but if you're trying to get the most out of your 403B, you have a very limited plan, few investment options, what, what would you say that person should do? Yeah, and, and, and you just described most 401ks and obviously some larger 403Bs. And I think it, uh, it's critical to, to, to really look at it and understand, but also talk to an advisor. Um, they can talk to you about those accounts, even if uh, they can't necessarily manage them for you. I'm sure there's a, there's a way to, to uh, compensate someone to kind of do a review on that. I joke because my, my wife uh, works at a large employer in North Carolina. And I think for her and her friends, I had become their financial planner. So in like 2008, uh, when the market was crashing, they were all texting and calling me. And I was like, guys, you love to go shopping. Just consider this like it's on sale and you're just buying more for the same money. So, uh, you know, every ideally you want the stock market to be as low as possible until the day before you retire and you want to shoot up 8000 percent. I mean, that can't happen. But uh, uh, corrections aren't a bad thing. So don't be. Don't be scared by them, but understand what you're in and your time horizon and, and advisors can really help with that. No doubt about it. A lot of times we're like the, the psychologist for investments, right? And that's, and that's part of the deal. And, and I love it. I deal with it on a daily basis. So you need to put some degrees up on your wall in, a, yeah. in your office so you can comfort people through. The <laughs> we, we could do that a little couch. Um, <laughs> so man, I, I also... I mentioned this before, but a lot of financial advisors are listening to this and I'll just end it here, but how can our listeners or other advisors get in touch with you if they're looking for an expert in this area to help them out? Uh, so you can always email me. It's um, matthew.drummond at pcsretirement.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Very easy to track down there. Matt, Matt Drummond 403B. I think it's my, my LinkedIn profile. But yeah, always, you know, reach out with questions. We're happy to help. I mean, we feel like we're trying to, uh, we kind of joke that we're the, the clean energy option of the 403B world, right? So we're, uh, we're very low cost, very open architecture, transparent. And we've, we've had a tremendous amount of advisors switch from who they were using to start using us for those reasons. So there are a lot of quality, quality advisors out there in this marketplace. Sometimes they get a, they get a bad rap because there are, you know, obviously a few bad actors out there, but um, I think you're really going to start to see a shift on the 4.3 market because uh, more quality products are coming out. And take us aside, you know, Vanguard's making a concerted effort to get into public schools. Fidelity's out there a little bit. And you've got some other companies that are rolling out low-cost options. Yeah, and I can tell you from experience, Matt and his team are very easy to work with. So if you can't get a hold of Matt for some reason, always you can get a hold of me at dpulsini at sixpointfp.com. Go to our website, www.6pointfp.com, or again, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And for now, we'll end it there, Matt. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy, and I love that your name is Matt Drummond 403B on LinkedIn. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, always great to talk to you. Good catching up. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 
The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.